Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I am your host and I am joined by a special guest today. Stephen Scott, who is a blind mechanic, a blind adrenaline junkie, a drummer, and he also loves aviation. So we're going to talk to him about what it's like to be a blind mechanic and how he has not let blindness stop him. Steve, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. And you have congenital glaucoma like I did. I had it at birth. So why don't you just kind of give people a little bit of background about yourself, anything that you might want people to know where you're from, maybe when you lost your sight. Sure, we can do that. So let's see, I'm 50 years of age. I've had congenitive glaucoma since birth. I had partial sight until I was about 18. And um, yeah, that's, that's it as far as the blindness goes. A bunch of surgeries like everybody else. Nothing special, really. Same old routine. <laughs> and, um, you know, life, life's been good. It's had its ups and downs, but uh, you know, everything's been good. I have nothing to complain about. Um, from New York, grew up, for the most part, grew up in Long Island, New York, West Hampton Beach. And I currently now live in the beautiful sunshine state of Florida. Well, I know I had four cornea transplants. They all rejected. So kind of tell everybody how you even got into being a mechanic as a blind um, person. You could, say, you could say it runs in the family. My dad, my grandpa, let's see, my dad, my grandpa, uh, my uncles, pretty much, I guess most of the family is a mechanic, a welder body person, um, racing, anything you can imagine from snowmobiles to dirt bikes, to drag cars, to boats, to just pretty much anything with wheels and skis. You know, we've all been around and racing and building stuff forever. And I just, you know, I, I don't remember I was too young, but I hear stories that, um, you know, I've had my hands in engines since I was probably like two and three years old. And ever since I could remember, it's just something that I've always loved. Um, naturally good at it. You know, it's just kind of in the blood. So comes easy. And uh, that's that's it. I just have never done anything else except repair things, build things, and make them go really fast. <laughs> that's the that's story. So it sounds like your family didn't shelter you. They just had you to jump right in. Now... Have you always just, just learned things from your family or did you get some kind of formal training? Because I know there is a, I think it's called World Services in Little Rock that trains blind mechanics. So did you just learn by yeah. doing? Well, they um, as far as I know, World Services, all they offer, now things may have changed, but last I heard, they offer a um, small engine course um, where you're just pretty much working on lawnmowers, um, I'm not sure I've been teaching your tractors, but I know lawnmowers for sure. But to answer your question, no, I didn't have any formal training. Um, I learned, you know, from mainly my dad, really. And my grand, 
grandfather growing up and I just got so good at it. Um, I do have, I don't know, four or five master certifications and never went to school one time. I just took the tests and passed them like a whiz. And the only formal training I had is we do go to what they call update schools once a year for the different uh, manufacturers I'm certified in. And that's really just kind of a bunch of BS. It's more about learning new part numbers and what supersedes what and who's making what now. So it's just kind of a bunch of waste of time really, but we have to do it to keep the certification. So. So how does the public see you? Because you, you actually work on public people's equipment. Oh yeah. All the time. Oh yeah. Every day, including all day today. (laughs) So when they come to your shop, how do they look at you? Because I know some people with their misconception, they, don't even think we can work at all. How does the public look at you when they know that a blind person is going to be working on their equipment? Do they have any questions or do they just say, hey, we, we know he knows what he's doing? You know, it's a really interesting. Um, let me answer your question first. I guess I've been very blessed and I'm, I'm sitting here trying to rack my brain. I've been working professionally in the field since probably, let's just say 90 for, for, for argument's sake, 1990. And currently to like this very day, in fact, I put a 12 hour day in today and I, I'm really cannot remember one time that a customer that's come to my shop or I do a mobile service as well. So I go to, go to people's homes and roadside repair too. I can't think of one customer that's ever acted strange. Um, they've been shocked. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, whoa, wait a minute, you know, you can't see. And some of them don't even realize I can't see. It's it's kind of interesting. But um, I hear horror stories all the time from blind folks that, you, you know, it's really hard to find unemployment. They don't get treated like they're equals. I guess I've just been fortunate. I have not had to go down that road before. They thank the Lord above. I mean, people just, I, I think it's different. I'm there to give them a service. You know, usually when their stuff is broke down, they don't really care if it's a monkey doing it or they, they just don't care. They just want their stuff up and running so they can go do what they got to do. So maybe that's part of it, you know. So tell us what all you work on at, at your shop. Um, now, all I work on is um, golf carts, side-by-sides, ATVs, um, and all outdoor power equipment. So meaning chainsaws, generators, leaf blowers, string trimmers, walk behind mowers, um, ag equipment, just anything to do with off-road. I don't do cars anymore. I'm too old. That's just too much trouble. I gave that up. (laughs) I do it for friends and I do it for family, but I don't want to do it full-time and it was just too hard on the body. I've been doing this for so many years. I try to try to work smarter now, not harder. Absolutely. Now, do you have anything else going on right now? I know you have a YouTube channel, so let's talk about your YouTube channel. And I noticed there's a lot of blind people that got upset about it because some of the videos are just music, but you're just doing what you normally do. So kind of talk about your YouTube channel and your website. 
Well, my YouTube channel is my baby, if you will. Um, it's it's a work in progress. In fact, we're just getting ready to hire more people on for, for staff because we need it. But um, for recreation, my soon-to-be wife and I, we go and play in the mud. And I, and I mean it like literally. We have a side-by-side that sits up in the air. It's got big mud tires on it. And we go to these different, what they call mud parks. And there's anything out there from, you know, sand jumps, uh, where you can, you know, get yourself four or five feet of air and you can drive in five feet of water and mud and muck and climb over big boulders and drift around the corners. It's just so much fun. So a lot of our content um, is just of us riding and antics and being stupid and, you know, that kind of thing. And then the, the other part of the channel, I also do a lot of instructional videos. So I don't know, there's one up there. I worked on a zero turn for somebody and uh, they had a no start issue and it turned out the solenoid was bad. So I actually did that on camera and showed them how to fix the problem. And um, that could open. I think that's almost like 8,000 views now. Put axles in, I mean, just whatever. Let's put an axles in utility trailers, fixing tractors, golf carts, whatever. Um, we're starting to do a lot of um, videos like that and people really seem to enjoy it. So it looks like the channel is going to have, there's going to be two different channels. There's going to be the shop side of it, where, like I said, it's just videos and try to make it educational and fun at the same time. And then the other side of it is just going to be me and my crazy antics and just being stupid. Absolutely. Now, you are also big into aviation. What part of aviation or what, what do you like and do with aviation? Um, I don't do it anymore. I, it's really costly, but I, I like to fly. I had the privilege to meet a gentleman in a chap group named Alan Pacanelli. And I don't, I'm not going to divulge his age because he'd probably kill me, but he's, he's, he's a touch older than me, maybe a day. <laughs> he's completely blind and he has flown planes for a long time. I mean, not by himself, of course. And he kind of, you know, we were talking and I said, you know, I want to go try that. I think it would be awesome. So I called a whole bunch of different flight schools in my area, talked to a couple instructors, had the phone slammed down on me, had people laugh at me. And um, one lady, Ellen Brinks, says, you know what? I'll teach your blinded butt how to fly. Get down here. And um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of what started that whole journey. And it's just something that I like to do. Wow. So you were actually kind of like the co-pilot. No, 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 no. I'm the pilot, period. I'm in the pilot seat. You know, you got to go through school. You know, you have to right. learn the aircraft, learn all the instrumentation, got to understand, the, you know, the radio lingo. You know, a plane has four axes of movement. You know, it's got up, down left and right and forward. So that's just a lot going on. And um, the, the instructor will sit in the seat next to me and basically just be my eyes, read my instruments to me, tell me left and right. And that's pretty much what they do. And then they put me through, you know, um, training maneuvers. And that's, that's, that's what it is. But it is very costly. So it's something that, you know, I just, I just wanted to do it to see if I could do it. Had a lot of fun. It was a really, really cool experience. But, Absolutely. Um, you know, that, that's all it was really. No, 
I mean, obviously, I'm not going to go fly people around, you know, just, I don't know, just because they want to go somewhere. <laughs> That's not going to work. Well, who says blind people can't fly planes? What, what's That's the farthest? True. What's the farthest you've ever flown in um, one flight? Let's see. Probably the furthest I've won and the furthest I have flown and the coolest story I have is at the time I was living in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And my buddy owns a plane, and we flew from Kalamazoo, Michigan, to Buffalo, New York, to pick up my daughter and bring her back to Kalamazoo so she could spend Christmas with us. So that was really cool. That was a fun experience. Wow. So let's talk about your your musician side. Do you have a band, or how did you get into playing the drums? Um, it's just something I've always liked to do, you know, just typical. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's why I, I hate to say this, but jokingly saying it's one of the you know, typical stereotype blind person, you know, can play instruments. I don't know what it is. Just it is what it is. <laughs> I've been in, you know, different bands and had some fun. And um, I'm not in a band currently. Um, just I, I'm so busy right now. Um, the late, I had a band that did really good. Um we, uh, what were we like a variety band we played anything from hollow notes to curly simon to billy joel to whatever and we just played parties and bars and weddings and uh, good sized festivals and things and uh you know that didn't work out in the end um everybody kind of went their own ways which which is fine and that's when i started my business here in florida back in 2015 and I've been here ever since. And now I just don't have the time. I would, I guess for the right situation, I'd go play a couple times a month, but not full time like I was doing. That's a lot of work. Absolutely. Is there anything else about your interesting life that you want listeners to know about? Anything else you've tried that other people haven't really tried? You know, really, I just encourage, encourage anybody, if you have a dream you know, go, go, go try to conquer it. Don't let people tell you no. Don't let people tell you you can't, you know, because really the only one who's going to believe in you is you. And if you try, that's awesome. That's awesome. Nobody can take that away from you. You know, you gave it your best. Uh, but when you don't try and you sit home and, you know, I don't know, maybe I don't know, maybe you're feeling sorry for yourself or you're just having a bad day, whatever the case may be, but you don't do it. That's on you. You, you can't blame anybody. So just, you know, if you got a dream, go live it. If you have goals, you know, make it your best or do your best to go conquer them. Well, just like we always say on this podcast, if you believe you can achieve. Absolutely. Go yes. ahead and uh, let people know about your website and how they can Check out your YouTube channel. It's uh, no site, no problem. And it's S-I-G-H-T. You can find us on YouTube, um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And again, just type in no site, no problem. And uh, you'll hear the logo. It's got a, you'll hear, actually, you'll hear a side-by-side -side spinning around, um, doing a donut. And then at the end of that, you're an eagle flying. So that's how you know you're at the right place. Are you on Instagram or anything like that so people can connect to you? 
Um, are we in, yeah, in, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and YouTube. No site, no problem. Yes, sir. All right. Well, Steve, I want to thank you so much for joining me and tell the listeners to please subscribe, rate, review, and share after listening. Thank you, Steve, for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you, sir. It's great being here. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.